Welcome to Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point, the B2B marketing podcast where we show you the proof in the form of case studies and success stories, and we get straight to the point so you can learn something valuable and get on with your day. Each week, we'll feature a top B2B marketing leader and discuss their revenue-generating strategies. You'll get actionable tips and learn how to accelerate growth through seriously smart marketing. Now it's time to have a look at the proof and get to the point with your hosts and founders of ProofPoint Marketing, Mike and Gabby Grinberg. Welcome back to Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point. We are so excited to have James Ricks with us today on the show. James is the digital marketing manager at RTA. RTA is one of the leaders in providing fleet management software. And so we're excited to dig in to some of the success that you guys have seen today. If you're not following James on LinkedIn, you really should because he's got some great content there. And his hashtag is taking ricks which i love a good pun so thank you get some bonus points in my book for that james welcome to the show thank you very much excited to be here and uh and to chat with you guys today wonderful well the show is called show me the proof get to the point in the success story that we're going to talk about today the proof is forthcoming in terms of some hard and fast numbers that james could share with us that will Hopefully have them on at another time to get to those stats, but we have some really good and juicy qualitative data that James can share with us. So James, let's stick right in. What are you guys working on at RTA? What's this big juicy thing that you guys are doing? <laughs> yeah, we are creating a category and it's, it, it feels so silly to just say those words, but unless you know the full impact of what that means, it's, it's really kind of meaningless, but we're creating a category. Uh, here at RTA, and and it's uh, it's exciting, it's terrifying, <laughs> it's, uh, it's exhilarating, and we can unpack all of that. We can go into that as much as you want, but you know, just just a little background on us. So we've been in the fleet management space for forty years. That was when this company was started, and uh, you know, the, it's the, the industry is ripe for change. There's a lot of stuff happening right now in our industry, and so our job is as a as a vendor to this industry is to see that and to provide a solution. And with that comes a new category that we're, you know, that we're creating and teaching people about. And so that, that's where it's really exciting, but then it's really scary because we're responsible for creating a conversation that's never happened and we have to sustain that and grow that. And so that's what we're doing right now. And, you know, another bonus point for you is the color of your wall is orange, which, you know, proof, <laughs> we have proof point, yeah, proof point orange. So <laughs> I just, bonus points all around. Awesome. Before we go further, Gabby, real quick, you mentioned a couple of qualitative things. I mean, something that they're out there. I mean, you guys are starting out with the, you know, just launching, if you will, with the category creation efforts. And, Mm -hmm. you know, before we start to hit record, you kind of mentioned already the the industry has taken notice, right? You're getting some some recognition for what you're doing. And uh, on top of that, you've got competitors starting to copy some of the things you're doing. And that's obviously the biggest form of flattery, right? So it's, it's. It's seemingly working already. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, we kind of, you know, we, we're in a red ocean, or I guess we, I should say we were in a red ocean. And the goal of creating a category is to get out of that. But one side, like, we don't want to just be in the ocean by ourselves, right? We want the fish to come. So competitors coming along, new products spitting up from competitors or, you know, people trying to imitate us or do what we're doing. That's like you said, that's a sign of flattery or, or uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, we love that because that means we're onto something. We're hitting a nerve that needs to be solved. And, and to lead the charge for that is, is a, a big honor for us. 
how did this come about? You know, whose idea was it internally? How did it get brought up to management and to leadership? And and sort of what 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 did that path to to oh my God, we're building a category? How did that come about? And then um, also share with us a little bit about what this category is and why is it so important right now? So our, our category is fleet success. And uh, I'm going to pause that story and we'll, we'll jump back a little bit and talk about how, how this kind of started. And then we'll pick that up and, and talk about why we chose that and how we got to that point. But uh, so this was back in January uh, of this year. Um, so I, I started here at RTA in November. So I'd, I'd been here just a few months and uh, we had kind of a big a shakeup in organization in, in leadership, I guess that's what I'll call it. And uh, as a result of that, you know, we kind of went back to the drawing board and said, okay, what are we, you know, what are we trying to do as a marketing team? You know, I, I just deeply knew that trying to outbid our competitors on AdWords was not going to get us where we want to go. I'm going to turn my screen here. I don't know if you can see, obviously you can't see that it's too small, but we have these three kind of graphics here that we've got. And this is our mission moonshot, right? We're trying to land on the moon uh, by 2023. And that, you know, that means that we want to hit a certain ARR. We want a certain amount of customers, retention, things like that. We have this huge, massive goal as a company that we're trying to get to. And I, I just deeply felt that uh, because I'm running our ads and I'm, you know, I'm generating leads for the company, I just knew that the strategy of trying to outbid our competitors in this industry specifically wasn't going to get us there. Not that it couldn't, you know, for people listening to this or other industries, but for us, it wasn't going to happen. So something else was needed. And I, I remember I was driving down the road and I was like, kind of just putting all these thoughts together. I think I was driving to work and, you know, I'd, I'd read about category creation. I've actually created a category as well at a previous employer. And so I thought this is, this is what we need. Immediately downloaded the uh, category, uh, category creation book that the people at HubSpot and Gainsight wrote. And just, uh, you know, every chapter was like, yes, this is what we need. This is the problems that we're dealing with as a company. You know, and then the book talks about how hard it is and how challenging it can be. You know, I said, we got to do this. And I presented it to a couple people. They hadn't heard of, of category creation before, you know, that, that either weren't in marketing or, you know, had, hadn't done that thing before. So brought it up to a few people and the feedback was, yes, we need this. This is amazing. Let's go for it. And so it kind of just worked up the way until I presented it to the executive team and they were all for it. But it, I, I do want to say here real quick, though, that they were already trying to think about how to solve this problem that we were dealing with with an old industry, trying to outbid our competitors. We we're already trying to fi you know, figure out how to solve that problem. And so category creation was just you know, the right place at the right time for them. And so they bid on and that, that, you know, it took off like crazy. They all read the book themselves. So we all as a team read this, this book on creating a category. And uh, it started from there. So we did hear from another uh, another one of our guests actually about this topic about category design. Mm -hmm. His name is John Rushi. You may have heard of him. He's a VP of marketing at BombBomb, mm -hmm. and they're Bomb also Bomb, right? in the pro exactly. They're also in the process of creating a new category. So if you're not following mm -hmm. him, check him out. He's got some really great resources and thoughts around that. But kudos on you, number one, for bringing <laughs> this up to your leadership team, which we know that sometimes marketing especially i don't know why that is but marketing we always have a hard time getting things approved from the executive team right because we're always asking for more money we're always asking for yeah. more resources but good on you for bringing this up to your leadership team and encouraging your leadership team to read about 
categories design, which I have to say is is not something that number one, a lot of people know about or understand really what it is. And number two, it's not mm-hmm. um, an everyday sort of marketing uh, initiative that a lot of marketers have the opportunity to even be a part of, let alone lead at the company. We're very excited for you at RTA. Tell us a little bit about, yeah. you You kind of mentioned that there was already at the executive level discussions around challenges, you know, sort of, it, it sounds like the challenges had been there for a while. The company was aware of them. Leadership was trying to already solve for them. Could you share with us what were some of those challenges that, that ultimately led you um, and the team down the path of category design? I, I think part of it is what I mentioned already, just realizing that the rising costs of like ads for our industry. So SaaS, you know, specifically, but then fleet management is the previous category that we were part of. It just, the return was shrinking, the the ability to generate leads at a, at a, at a scalable cost was, you know, going down. So th- there was, there was that side of things, but then there was also like, and th- this is actually where I think the executives were mainly focusing was, um, you know, Josh, the CEO of RTA, Josh, uh, and his wife uh, acquired RTA from his dad uh, in uh, 2017, I believe. And so from that time, uh, he he was kind of taking his his dad's company, uh, who who actually just side note previously bought the company from his dad. So right, so Ron, Grandpa Ron, sold it to his son, and then and and Larry sold it to Josh. So anyway, that's so when Josh took over, there, there was just like this infusion of like, okay, let's figure out who are we. We've been around forever, but we've got to grow. Like Josh talks about how he had this choice to either just maintain the status quo or take it to the next level. And and Josh is a big believer that if you keep doing what you've done, you'll never be able to get to where you want to go because what got you to where you are today is what you've done, but you have to do something you've never done before. And that is the question that they were running into is what is that thing? It can't just be that we're going to spend more money on ads or have a better looking website. It can't just be, you know, dump everything into, you know, into investing in the product, although that's a good thing, there has to be something more. And so category creation was just a natural fit for that. And I think that's why they, you know, as, as fun and exciting and nerve wracking as it was to present that they, they just ate it up. That's, that's just the type of team that we have here that we're always looking for improvements and, and, you know, optimizations and things like that. And this was just a natural solution to that problem. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome to have. Well, it's fascinating that that the company has been in the family for for forty years. Yeah. Is that correct? Or yeah. Three is it four generation three generations of Turleys yep. uh, that started RTA, which is really exciting. And the fact that Josh and his wife, I understand, work together. They own the company together. So that's as as a husband and wife yeah. team, we we we're interested in in that kind of stuff. But that is actually a different podcast that we have called Mixing Business with Pleasure, where we interview um, couples in business. Mm-hmm. So Josh and Mrs. Turley, if you're listening, um, <laughs> let's let's be in touch for that podcast. Sure. But we want to show we want to talk a little bit about the proof here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know it's still early days in terms of what you guys are doing. But tell us a little bit, kind of peel back the layers of the onion. What are so after you and the team internally have read the book on category design? What mm-hmm. were some of the f- initial, um, you know, action steps that you took to start getting this category design uh, wheel in motion? Yeah, fantastic question. The the very first thing, and I was very, uh, this was very important to me. There was a lot of things that came up once we said, okay, we're going to create a category. 
there's a lot of things that came up, but the, the most important one for me was that we rolled the category out to the entire company. And we made a big deal about it. We had a big meeting. We, uh, you know, both our in-house, you know, people that were in person and we brought people in on Zoom as well. So we have a couple of remote employees and we had, we made a day of it. We had a several hour long, you know, hour long meeting and we, we dove into, we had a big presentation, but we, we rolled out, this is why we're doing this. This is why we feel called to do this. This is why they need us, right? Our customers in the industry. And so the first, like the first proof, although it's not a number that I can measure, but the first proof has been a, an increased amount of excitement to be here at RTA, to work here. And, and, and people loving their jobs again. I mean, so, some employees have been here 20, 25 years and it's been a long time since we've done something different, you know, like this. And so for a lot of people, it's just a breath of fresh air. Hey, we're, we're doing something new. It's exciting. And uh, another benefit of that is some people have said, Hey, you know what? And this is going to sound weird that this is a, a positive thing, but some people have said, Hey, you know what? This isn't, this isn't my jam anymore. And, you know, I, I love being here, but but you know, this isn't maybe the direction that I wanted to go, or now I, you know, I kind of want to switch my career, or you know, whatever. And we see that as a positive. Word. We want the right people here that can help us get to the goal that we want to get to, and so we want to attract those people, and then we want to help the other people that say, hey, you know what, this isn't for me. We want to help them get on to their next thing as well. So it's weird to say that that's a benefit of category creation, but this whole refreshed, just excitement is a buzz. I don't know what word you want to say, but this whole excitement about being here at RTA again has been a real big benefit of creating categories so far in addition to the competitors that are doing some of the things that we're doing podcasts that are being launched to talk about some of these same things so th that's a big one i'd say and that was the first thing that we did was roll it out to the company make sure that because if, if our own employees don't own and love and just believe the category no one else is and is going to do sure. that either I, so. everybody everybody needs to be on the on the same page and in, in lockstep if, if or whatnot so it's uh like you said i think it's Nobody likes necessarily having people leave, but I think it's if it's for the right reasons and if it's done in the right way, then then that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned um, having a big meeting and rolling it out to the whole company. You know, it's not, you know, category design is not something you can, you know, uh, force down people's throats, if you will, if for lack of a better word, right? So maybe even get, give us maybe more details on what that, you know, meeting or the, the set of meetings look like, but who are also were the, the stakeholders that were involved and how does this, how do you get people's buy-in rather than forcing it on them? That's a good question. And we talked about that. I think we knew that not everyone would, and that's, that's part of the reason why we're so happy to get people on the, you know, on the team that are just fired up about this. Uh, but I think we knew that not, not everyone would, and, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but we knew that the ones that did latch onto it and really did take, you know, take hold of it would really help us evangelize this new category. So I will say that we focused heavily on in that meeting on discussing the importance of each team's involvement with creating our category. For example, category creation is often, it's company owned, right? It's a company objective, but it's often marketing owned or, or driven, excuse me, uh, because all the plays that we run, right? The ad campaigns, the new graphics, the new website, all these things that marketing typically owns. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that, that the company knew every single team from the receptionist at the front desk to marketing, to sales, to IT uh, and product and, and dev. We wanted everyone to know that you are responsible for the adoption and the creation of this category just as much as anyone else. So with that, we rolled out a challenge to every one of our employees to be active on LinkedIn. Uh, we, we know that we have 
uh, a huge amount of potential for reach, uh, right, and getting our category visible just through our employees talking about it. And so we, we asked them to not talk about RTA or talk about, uh, you know, their, their their job specifically, but just be active on LinkedIn and create content that compels people to come and check out what they do, why they love their job so much. And we knew that that would ripple down to, you know, our category being eventually, again, it's going to take a while, right? That we're creating this conversation that's never happened. We have to sustain and build that, but we know that that's the outcome that's going to happen from this. So that was one thing, uh, but we focused heavily on, on the front line. So things like our sales team, our customer success team that answers, you know, calls and talks to people every day. They're like the, the lighthouse of what our category means and how to live it. They're the guideposts. And so we focused a lot of attention on training them, even just to replace the words that we used to use with, you know, with fleet success, our new category and what that means to use that in conversations. And it, it's weird because we're a vendor, we're a software company trying to tell people that, that, yeah, our software will help you be better at this and solve these problems. But there's a whole other world inside of, you know, that's part of fleet success that no one's talking about. And we're going to do that. Uh, and we don't have a product to sell that, that does all these other things, right? We, we just solved this one problem over here. So that, that conversation was important that we nailed so that our, our customers, well, our, our employees would be the first, right? The, the, the first adopters. And then immediately after that, we have to get our, our customers to be raving fans. And so that's been a, an important kind of play that we run as well here at the beginning. So I've got two Two questions for you. One's a follow-up and one's more of just diving in, I think. First one is, what about product, right? So, you know, category design, yes, it's often marketing owned, but it's, you also, you know, you kind of said the company owns it and it's more of a, you know, overarching business strategy, right? So what about, what are you guys doing? And I don't know if you can share this, but in terms of, is the product roadmapping affected by things that you're doing, uh, things like that? Yeah. In, in fact, when I, when I first rolled out the idea of category creation to the executive team, I made a PowerPoint. I'm just a nerd like that. I made a PowerPoint and I went through each team and I said, here is what, like, before we agreed to do this, before you tell me, yes, here's what your department, you know, will could potentially be asked to do. So I told finance, Hey, category creation is expensive. Just so you know, uh, told product and dev, Hey, this is going to change potentially change or alter the direction that we take the product, right? Because if we're going to create this category, we need to latch onto that. So to answer your question, it is changing the direction of the product. And I think that's a really, really good thing. That's what we needed, right? That's that's what our, our industry needs. The problems that people are dealing with today are different than the ones back in 1979. And, and not that that's, you know, not that we're that and antiquated, but there's there's need for new products, new solutions. And so already that's another proof that's happened is we've had a shift in development strategy for our, our product and, and the new products they're going to be built. And, and that's the exciting part. We're, we're really excited for that. Great question. I want to talk a little bit about something you mentioned earlier, and I know it's going to take us down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I think that's okay. You mentioned that one of the, one of the sort of key initiatives in embracing category design throughout the organization was to really challenge your your teammates, your colleagues, and uh, up and down the organization to be more active on LinkedIn. Now, 
I know we could probably have an entire segment on that just alone, you know, just on that <laughs> and personal branding and being, being, being active on LinkedIn. And, and actually I think we do have some guests coming on to talk about that specifically, but mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, you did mention that, that the company has been around for a while and that you have a lot of employees that have also been with the company for 20 plus years. Um, LinkedIn has changed dramatically over the past 12 to 18, even 24 months, you could say things have have really shifted in LinkedIn. So after making such a huge announcement to the company saying, hey, we're going to go after this new category, we're going to be the champions of this new category. And to do that and to get everybody's sort of um, rally cry, we want you to go on LinkedIn and start posting and start being active. I'd imagine that that probably maybe raised a few eyebrows. That was challenging for a lot of people. I would also imagine that you as as a leader in marketing got yeah. a lot of emails or Slack or whatever whatever messaging platform that you use. A lot of questions from folks probably throughout <laughs> the organization saying, James, I don't know how to do this LinkedIn thing. But um <laughs> Tell me, that must have been a challenge after you made that announcement, after you put that um, that request out. So, talk us through that a little bit. What did you? What were some of the pushback or concerns that you may have heard, and and how did you deal with that? Yeah, let me let me think so I get a good answer. That there there was a lot of messages, and especially because we didn't just talk about like just get active on LinkedIn. We talked about everything from like how your LinkedIn profile is set up, and here's what your cover photo should look like, and Here's what your headline should be. And we really wanted to stress, and this is where the question started to come. We really wanted to stress that we're not asking you to go on and talk about RTA 24 seven. In fact, that's, that's the opposite of what we want. We, we building a personal brand uh, is not something that every CEO wants all their employees to do, but, but that's how Josh is. And there's a lot of other leaders that, that are doing that. And we're honestly trying to do, you know, do like they are like gravy, for example, Casey Graham at gravy impossible to be on LinkedIn without seeing he or his team and what they're using LinkedIn for. We want to do that. So a lot of questions were, uh, how do I talk about RTA or how do I talk about my job, you know, in a way that's interesting. And we were saying, Hey, don't, we don't, we don't want you to do that. Here's, we want you to talk about your life, what you're learning, your family, you know, your, your personal brand, whatever that is. So we actually had a separate meeting. We like having meetings We had a separate training where we talked about, uh, you know, the best practices for LinkedIn and here's how to increase the reach on your posts. And here's the different types of content that you can post, things like that. And it's been really cool. One of our most active LinkedIn users now, and I don't know if he was before, but it's one of our developers and he doesn't talk about RTA at all. Uh, he, he, he talks about lessons that he's learning. He talks about his family, his career in general, but again, not RTA. And it's so fun to see the, the insight and the lessons and the, the, just the, the knowledge that other people have and these nuggets of wisdom that other people have that I'm really excited to see, you know, the future impact of what that does. This is where we're a little bit selfish on the marketing side. I'm really curious to see what the impact of those things are. We're already seeing crazy, you know, increases in profile views for our company page on LinkedIn, our executive team, their pages are getting more views because of the content that they're putting out more leads coming from LinkedIn. These are all good things. And so we knew that that was going to be a byproduct, but a lot of the initial questions that we got were like, what, what do you want me to say? I'm not a LinkedIn content creator. What do you want me to say? How do I do this? And so we talked a lot about that at the beginning and it's been, it's been effective though. I mean, yeah. again, we knew that not everyone would, but that's okay. We just want the ones that are, that latch onto that to, 
to give it a try. So that is really exciting, and uh, and I'm glad that you're saying that because actually one of the things on a side note, and you know, depending on when this episode comes out, it may be a moot point, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> we're working on. Um, an, a sort of an informal uh, study, if you will, a survey of our LinkedIn networks, um, specifically marketing leaders, and whether or not they are going to be or already have or or will train their teams around personal branding and setting up, you know, a LinkedIn presence. So I'd love to get yours and and Josh's um, opinion on that survey when we when we when we get it out there. For sure. um, but let's. Um, Super fascinating. Thank you for allowing me to take you on a bit of that rabbit hole. I really enjoyed hearing about this and learning about what's going on at, at RTA. But but Mike wants to take us down another <laughs> rabbit hole. So I want to go down another go rabbit hole. Go ahead, Mike. Let's go. <laughs> so I want to go back to something you mentioned uh, in term, when, you, when you were talking about uh, selling this uh, into the company, right? And one of the things mm-hmm. that you brought up was, hey, category design is expensive. Right, and, you know, before we started recording, you said uh, you guys are doing a book. You, I know you guys just launched a podcast. We can talk about those things individually, and everything else that you're doing. But I mean, we know we produce this podcast. We know it's not it's not inexpensive, especially for a smaller, you know, for a smaller company. Books take mm-hmm. take money, etc. So, I'd love to hear how do you convince a CFO of Hey, we're gonna go. We're gonna write a book. We're gonna launch a podcast. Because the general answer oftentimes is, yeah. great, how much, how much revenue? And how- yeah, awesome. um, th- this is going to be really weird. I haven't been asked that question once. And, 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 and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think I'm truly lucky to have the executive team, and especially Josh is the leader that I do, because he knows, just inherently he knows the value of what that is. But here's how I, here's how I sold it to the team. And I wish I could show you here, but I, I played a YouTube video. And let me know if you've seen this. I hope people that that are listening to this have seen this, but there's a video of a guy at like a a festival, a music festival, uh, dancing on a hill, right? So he's on the side of a hill at like some music festival and he's dancing by himself. He's in, I think it's his underwear, maybe a swimsuit, but it looks like underwear, (laughs) you know, no shirt, no, no pants. He's in his underwear. He's dancing on this hill completely alone. You can see people, you know, sitting down on the hill around him. And you can hear the music very loud, just just awesome song playing in the background. And as the video goes on, and I, I played this with him, and I said, this is us. We are this guy dancing in our underwear. And as the video goes on, uh, you know, one person comes up and starts dancing with him. And the guy that's originally dancing there shows him, like he starts dancing in his own way. And the guy says, no, you do it this way. And he taught him how to wave his hands and shake his body. And so he taught him how to do the dance. And then a third person comes in and then a fourth person brings two friends. And so now there's seven people here dancing on this hill and the video goes on and on and on and on until eventually you, you can't see grass on this hill. It's swarms of people running and just moshing in this big party, just dancing their heads off, like couldn't care less what they look like. And I, I think that is what sold it. We want to create that but it starts with us doing some expensive things, some awkward things like posting on LinkedIn with some things that we've never done before, like writing a book, putting ourselves out there in these, you know, different ways, knowing that the leads aren't going to come immediately. It's going to take at least the leads from this. It's going to take some time, but I think that's what sold them. And they got the vibe. Honestly, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about that video because it is, it's a, it's powerful. And we're that guy dancing in our underwear for a long time with a new category 
no one is with us. We're by ourselves. And uh, then you just see that, you know, the, the party go on and that's what we want. For anybody, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Um, what is this new category you're creating? So you went from fleet management, which we're actually very familiar with. We've done some work in the space to fleet success. What does that mean? And what's the, mm-hmm. what's the difference? And what are you, what, what is this conversation that's not being had that you're trying to start having? So th- this actually goes back to answer one thing that I, I didn't answer for you at the beginning, uh, Gabby, was was like, what what is the category and how did we get there? We're, we're copying or uh, replicating, I guess is maybe a better word, the strategy that Gainsight did uh, with the category that they created. So before Gainsight, customer success, which is their category, wasn't really a thing, at least not in the in, in the way that they have kind of formed category you know, around this idea of customer success. And our, our model for a long time has been we help fleet succeed. That's been at least since 2017 when Josh took over. It might have been before that. So with that in mind, we knew that that like our, the success of our customers was in the fleets that we help was the most important thing for us. We have a, a monthly cab, a, a client advisory board. And the constant theme in that in those you know meetings that we have is that the success of our clients and their clients. So right, the, the, the fleet and then the, the clients that that fleet serves, that is the most important thing. And so success, you know, is, is the category that we wanted to attach ourselves to fleet success. And uh, it's a lot more than just fleet management. It's a lot more than the software that you use to track your PMs or your oil or your, you know, rotating tires. It's a lot more than that. There's a lot more that goes into being a successful fleet than that. And so here's another play we did. As soon as we, we said, this is our category. We sat down and we dis, we defined what the pillars of that category are. We have force. So we have stakeholder satisfaction. We have intentional culture. We have resource efficiency and risk management. And those four pillars encompass the holistic approach that is fleet success. It's a lot more than just software. It's a lot more than just leadership development. But before we couldn't really talk about leadership development in fleet because that wasn't in our fleets, you know, in fleet management category. And Josh is so passionate about that. He wants to take all of these business lessons that he learned from people like Patrick Lencioni and Dave Ramsey and all these business leaders. And he wants to apply that and give that to the world of fleet. And that's what our new category is. So fleet success, that's our category. Uh, it's a lot more than just software. It's a lot more than just, you know, parts on trucks. It's the people. It's really a focus on the people inside of fleet. Yeah. So I, I wanted to, you know, just because, I mean, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I'm going to say that the average person doesn't really know what goes into fleet management software um, because it is such a nuanced part of, uh, of, of sort of our lives, right? I mean, we order from Amazon, it gets delivered, bada bing, bada bing, we don't care about anything else, right? As consumers, we don't care about how it gets here, why it gets here, when does it get, we just want to know that, our, del- our parcel, um, if we're a consumer or if we're a company, we're, we're concerned about our, our shipment, our container, our, our items get from point A to point B. But, um, you know, that's sort of the layman's view of, of fleet management. But really, um, James, it's so much more than that. And you, and you alluded to that. So you kind of talked a little bit about the nuances between fleet management and fleet success. What are and then most importantly, you mentioned and you kind of underscored the fact that it's not just about the software, it's about 
the person at the center of all of this or the people that are affected by the, 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 the SaaS tool that you provide. What are some of the marketing initiatives or business initiatives that, it, that are attached to fleet success that were not part of fleet management in the past? What are some of those things that you guys are currently working on? You kind of alluded to a few of them. I'm wondering if you can maybe share a little bit more about sort of the difference that the kind of the, the big steps that you had to make from going to fleet management to fleet success. What does that look like? What does that entail? And what are some of yeah. those things that you guys are working on? That's a real, that's a, a fantastic question. Um, it's a, so we're, we're writing a book and that, that book is not going to be a manual for operating your fleet management software. Uh, in fact, that'll be a, a very small part of it, right? Because we're not pitching ourselves. We're not as the creator of this category. It's not our job to use this as an opportunity to just sell us all, right? Right now we want to create this category. And so it's a lot of education. Uh, so the book is one of them. We just launched a podcast, as Mike said. So that's another big uh, content initiative that we're using to, to really get the message out that there's a lot more to this than just your software. Uh, but a big one for us, and this is, this is true for anyone who creates a category, is a lot of times events uh, are a big, or conferences are a big part of this. So HubSpot has their insight conference, or excuse me, their inbound conference. There's there, there's immense amounts of value that come from events like those where you can rally the troops and you can, you know, from, from the horse's mouth, you can say, hey, this is what we do. And there's training that comes along with that. So we're doing that as well. Uh, we've had a an annual user conference for years and years and years. Uh, and this year will be the first time that we're incorporating fleet success training and, and classes specifically around those other elements outside of software that we're inviting people to come and learn from and and be trained on in those other areas as well. So you, you bring up a good point. Like one of the problems that our industry has right now is that uh, the the experts in, in fleet management, the guys that have been working on trucks for 20 years, they're retiring. And so the new wave of fleet managers that are coming in have less of that perfunctory experience and actually using their hands and you know building the trucks. These people want tools, they want AI, they want data, you know, to drive the decisions that they make. And so there, there's a lot more that goes on than, than just software to solve that problem. Uh, it, it has to be something else. And so that's, that's really some of the initiatives, initiatives that we're focusing on. So just to, to recap the book, the podcast, our training and events, we've got a, an actual training certification that we're working on as well. So fleets can, can come to us as the, as the creators of this category and be certified in fleet success. And, and that's, that's a big project that'll be, that's not not ready yet, but that'll be coming. So we're we're actively looking for ways that we can focus on those other things, and uh, those those are some of the big plays that we're running right now. Some of those that are going to take more time mm -hmm. uh, as as we get this started. So great question. You know, and and uh, I know it's still sort of early days in terms of building the category and rolling it out, and and um, you know certainly it's been it's been rolled out and it's been embraced by the team at RTA it's not yet fully live my understanding is it's not yet fully out there in the world just yet but you did uh, mention earlier that while you don't have you know quantitative data uh, because it's still in its infancy um, you shared mm -hmm. with us some really exciting qualitative metrics and qualitative uh, changes that are happening as a result of sort of this this early stage of fleet success. Can you share with us a little bit about what you're seeing based on these efforts so far? 
Yeah, so it was, you know, even things like just the the breath of fresh air that it is to come here and be excited at work. We talked about that. We talked about like the, the increased focus that we have on hiring the right people. So the 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 getting rid of uh, not getting rid of that sounds more negative <laughs> than I want, but the the happy relocation of of those who uh, you know don't want to be a part of this rocket ship anymore, and and the the entry, the the bringing on of those who do. That's a big one for us. Uh, the adoption of the the podcast, like just today, I got an email saying that our, our new podcast, which is like two months old, is in the top 10 list of, of fleet management podcasts to listen to in 2021. Awesome. I, I, don't, I didn't think there was more than 10. So maybe it's a short list. <laughs> you know, uh, Things like that. We, we have seen a, a big spike in uh, activity on LinkedIn, as I mentioned, again, in part because we've had our employees, you know, promoting not even promoting us, but just creating content that again, you know, comes back to us. Um, and competitors, you know, noticing that that's, that's what I get the happiest about is I, I want a competitor to see what we're doing and say, Oh shoot, now we got to play catch up to the guys at RTA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I look forward to the day where I see something that's like, no fleet success is not the right thing or, or this is what fleet success is missing because that means that we're making an impact. Wow. It hasn't happened yet, but you know those things are starting to happen. Some big thought leaders in our industry starting to take notice, and and uh, through LinkedIn messages that we get, emails that we get, speaking opportunities, uh, you know th- th- those some of those things are already starting to happen. And and then of course the leads, you know the the conversion rate, all, all those things that we expect to come from this will happen uh, as well. Follow suit. And just just out of curiosity, um, how much of the category fleet success, how much of that has been shared externally? Is it on your website? Um, is it just through podcasts and through, you know, word of mouth or, or have you guys really started to push things in market? Yeah, it's definitely been done in phases. Uh, right after we, you know, initially rolled things out, we did a complete rebrand. So we dropped the fleet management software from our name. So instead of RTA fleet management software, we're now just RTA. And along with that, rolled out a completely new logo, new branding. Uh, so that that was kind of the second wave. And with that, we launched a new video, just introducing our new logo and our new focus on what we do. Uh, but we haven't, uh, you know, we haven't started running new ads for it yet. We haven't got, you know, the website completely rebuilt yet. That's in the works at the moment. So there's some of those things that are going to be happening in phases. That's that's one thing that I want people who listen to this to to understand is that um, <laughs> I, I can't say that it's a lot of work. There's a lot to do. And so if I, I, I'm the kind of person, I'm a perfectionist. And so if I waited until everything was done and everything was ready, it would be the year 2075 and we wouldn't even have trucks anymore. It would be all, it'd be all like instant uh, telekinesis or something. I don't know. So we have to start with something. And for us, that was getting a logo out, rolling it out to the employees, this podcast, this book now. So one thing you'll hear people talk about a lot when they create categories is having a lightning strike plan. And if you envision a lightning strike, it's a high, you know, high energy, intense burst of quick action. Uh, and these things are all not to happen at once because I'd explode as a, <laughs> as a marketer if I had to do that. But, um, you know, but, but spread them out. So we're, we're kind of officially uh, like really, really everything's going to be done by conference this year in October. But between now and then, we're not going to wait. We're going to start. You know, we've, we've started the podcast. This book hopefully would be done that we can hand to people at conference by then, uh, the new website by then. So things like that will start start trickling in. You have to do that. Otherwise, 
like like myself like I, I like i said i just wait forever until it's perfect and that'll never come so <laughs> great question as a recovering perfectionist myself i understand <laughs> your pain and i understand uh sort of that 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 struggle right of man yeah. it's got to be perfect it's got to be everything's got to be ready to go and i think the biggest lesson that i've learned and i'm always the guy going nope let's no just, just get it out there i think the biggest yeah. lesson that i've learned as a marketer and i really learned this when i became a business owner is that um the work is never done market there's never an end point in marketing there's always yep. more there's always more iterations more testing and i think the faster you can sort of embrace that and say okay it's not perfect. It's good. It's great. It's not perfect, but it's awesome. We're going to get it out. And then we're going to continue to test and learn from there. I think that's a really valuable lesson. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, totally. uh, I think it's time for us to get to the point. Let's, let's talk about how, if somebody wants to create a category, what are some things that you, that you would say they have to do? Like what are some t tips and I want to say tips and tricks. That sounds like, oh, it's like this little thing that you do is, is a major project. But <laughs> what are some things that they absolutely have to do? And maybe yeah. also what are some things that they need to watch out for? Yeah, I, I mean, a little promotion here again for the, the category creation book, but read the book. And, and like you said, you guys will link it if, uh, if people want to read that. I'm, I think it's just called category creation. Uh, and I know it was done by Gainshead. I'm forgetting the guy's name. Anyway, you can find the book, but read the book because that that's what we did. And that gave us the, the full, like, the reason I say that is because I want you to really understand what the ramifications are, what the potential benefits are, but also what some of the, the potential downside is and not even downside, but just what the, what the risks are, like what, what all, what is all involved with this? Cause it is not for everyone. And the book talks about that. It, it's okay. If category creation is not for you. Mm -hmm. uh, for a, a number of different reasons. It's not just that you're scared to do something hard, but honestly, your industry might not need a new category created. It may be more beneficial to you to just run a, a you know, a, a competitor campaign, like a, a conquesting campaign where you're targeting your, you know, searches for your clients or whatever. Uh, so really, really the first one would be to do some soul searching and find out if it's right for you. Then if it is, I mean, I, I suppose I can only talk about what we've done. I can't talk about anything else. We uh, sat down as an executive team and decided what that category would be. We had, you know, hundreds of ideas listed on a whiteboard where we talked about, uh, you know, all the different things that that it could be. We Some of the ideas were bad. Some of them were great. And then after that, like I said, we picked kind of what the pillars are. So I, I don't know if that's as tactical as you want to get, but that's what we did. And that's what we started with after we read that book to kind of feel like we knew what we were doing. Everyone was bought in. Everyone said, yes, although this is scary and hard, this is, you know, something that we want to do. Um, that is the book. Yeah. Uh, category creation. And I, uh, it's by Anthony Canada. That's the, the author. Blank yeah, on we'll, that we'll for a link, minute we'll there. In the show notes. <laughs> so I'm going to the, I'm going to cool. lead the witness a bit. And um, Go for it. <laughs> one of the things that you always hear, and especially with a major undertaking like this is, you know, talk to your customers. And I think, you know, you're talking about a lot of the meetings you had internally, but I'm curious to hear, and you guys, you mentioned the cab, you got your client advisory board, you got your, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, the user conference that you guys put on. So you have a lot of opportunities to consistently talk to customers. How much, talk to us a little bit more about how big of an impact was that and how, how, how valuable was it to have access to that kind of access to customers that, 
Maybe a lot of people might not. Uh, I think it was it was mission critical. I, I don't think we could have done it, or I don't think you should do it without that. Um, because category creation is about noticing a problem and then presenting the solution and the answer to that problem. And, and so for us, without doing that information, I'm not sure how someone could successfully create a category if that's what you want to do without uh, validating that that's a, an issue, right, with the market or with the industry. And so in addition to that client advisory board, we also did a, an anonymous survey uh, where we asked you know, tons of different questions about their day-to-day -day life, what, you know, even things outside of the perfunctory stuff in fleet management, like <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite things is we had four different pictures of different emotions. So we had a happy person, a sad person, a person that was like just frustrated, pinching their nose, uh, you know, head down. And we asked them like, tell, tell us what, what picture accurately describes how you feel most days. And it was the overwhelmed and the stressed. Oh, we also had one where like, it was a person sitting at a desk and had all these hands like reaching in papers and a phone and, and a pen, you know, things like that, just constantly overwhelmed and bombarded. And that's how they said they felt. So we dived into that and we said, okay, tell us more what's going on. Why do you feel like you're not successful? And they gave us the issues with the industry. And so the category design is about um, putting a name to those issues and providing a solution for that. And so I, I'm not sure how you could do that, Mike, without, some sort of a client advisory board or uh, intense survey in listening to the customers. Otherwise, it's not creating a, a, a category. It's a marketing campaign where the company is pushing this out. And that's that's not how to do this. If, if that's what you want to do, that's not the way to do it. So uh, does that answer your question? Does that I mean, that, that's like what I said, you did, I was leading the witness. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit. So in, in this segment of the show where we want to get to the point, we want to provide our listeners with, you know, actionable um, resources and tools on how they might do something like this internal, you know, in their company or, or with their initiatives. Um, you know, you kind of talked to us a little bit about, again, the, the books that you use, bringing this up to leadership, getting the, the leadership buy-in, and then rolling it out to the company, making sure that everybody was on board. Those that weren't were, um, you know, sort of self-identified, and then they kind of exited the company or are in the process of exiting, and and you guys are helping them in that regard, which I think is phenomenal, by the way. Um, but you know, category design, I think you said this, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not something you do today and you're done with it tomorrow. It's it's a long-term play. It's something you really need to lean into. And it affects every facet of the organization, top to bottom, bottom top, and every, everything in between. Right. So my question is, how are you sustaining this momentum internally? And how are you ensuring that it's not just marketing that has to be the linchpin in all of this? What are some of the ways in which you are, um, you know, really, like I said, sustaining the momentum with your team and, and with your colleagues and also um, spreading the responsibility? What are some of those tools and accountability um, counter, accountability tools that you use to yeah. ensure that the mission to the moon, as you said earlier, is still in play. Yeah. Uh, two, two things come to mind. The first one is, is a real simple thing. We use Trello to manage, you know, the swim lanes of the different tasks that we have. Uh, we even just use the free version because it works. So we use that just to manage our lightning strikes and the here's what needs to be done. Here's what it needs to be done by here's who doing, who's doing it. Uh, 
but I'll be honest, that's just the marketing team on that Trello board. So we're, we're managing a lot of those things. We'll go reach out and get input and feedback and, and help with things from other people as, as it's needed. Uh, but the other one is we use, um, in fact, I don't even know what category of software to call this, but it's, it's lattice and it's meant it's a tool that built is built to track and manage, uh, OKRs. So we, we follow uh, an OKR strategy where we've mapped from the company at the very, very top, all the way down to, you know, the one-on-ones that the frontline are having with their managers. Uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've mapped the company's OKRs around this category and there's more to it than just our category, but, but, um, that's what came to mind is because every employee from the bottom to the top has goals and, and objectives, I guess, following that, that methodology has objectives that are, are in support of the category. So, you know, our, our customer success team, their retention and their CSAT scores and our NPS survey scores, things like that. Those are all a, a factor that we want to measure and track and have people bought in for. And even if you feel like you're not, you know, you're not on marketing. So category creation is not for me. That's, that's helping us, right. To do that. So we have from the, from the company top to bottom, we have these OKRs uh, that we review in our one-on-ones. And then the executive team also has a, a, you know, a weekly tactical meeting where they're talking about, uh, you know, what's going on. Here's what's next. Here's what's coming. Um, I get to feed a lot of, you know, of content into that meeting so they can, you know, so, you know, so they know what we're doing and here's what's next and here's what's coming. Uh, what's coming, but that's how we're staying on top of things and keeping that energy uh, going at the moment. I, I think it's it's critical. This was also big for me that it wasn't just me; that it, it was really coming from not just the executive team, but but Josh specifically. And so to have a CEO that's latched onto it so much and that's really caught the vision uh, has helped us a ton. That's so great. Here's another little tidbit: if you're not the CEO, uh, get her or him in your corner, and it'll make category creation a lot better. A lot easier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I want I, I don't think it can be done without really the buy-in of the executive leadership. I mean, specifically yeah. the CEO or president or leader of the organization, because you know, as you mentioned earlier in the call, I mean, there's cost implications, there's time and bandwidth, there it's changes to your your product roadmap, um, changes to how you communicate about the company, how you talk about the company, everything from, you know, even like you said, your front desk receptionist um, that's going to pick up the phone or that's going to field some initial questions or your customer service team. So absolutely, I think yeah. that's that's number one. And you you mentioned that it sort of right out the bat is that um, if the CEO is not involved, then it's just not, it's just going to fall flat. So yeah. absolutely. Well, we we know it's still uh, very early days in this initiative, and this, but but we know, also know that this is going to be a huge success story for RTA. And we're excited to cheer your success from the sidelines, and hopefully have you back on for oh, another um, another episode in which we can really dig into yeah. more uh, more of some concrete proof points, as we like to say, of of what you've been yeah. able to achieve, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, I wonder, and this is more of a question, but I wonder if, you know, the big dogs in 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 fleet and and um, you know, I'm thinking of the Ubers and the, and the Amazons of the world, um, if they're mm-hmm. ca- ca- catching wind of this, or or if this is something that will impact uh, their their fleet success as well. Yeah, Uber's a a, a funny one to, just because of the way their model's set up, right? They don't own their cars, but 
Um, but yeah, pr principles of, of what we're doing, I think is going to cause waves big time. And I mean, when we think about every school bus, every police car, ambulance, street sweepers, garbage truck, uh, you know, ambulance, I, I might've said that already. There's a huge, you know, opportunity for these fleets to, to do things the right way and, and kind of modernize their approach. And so we we're, we're excited to be a part of that. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd love a, you know, a part two kind of, of results, uh, you know, down the road. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time for us though. You got it. You Heck got well, it. We'll, we'll keep in touch and you let us know when you're ready. Sounds good. Well, let's get, Oh, you know what, before we go to the lightning round, I do have mm -hmm. one question for you. And I, it's, it's, I think, yeah. You know, maybe I should have asked it in our show me the proof section, but it didn't strike me, pun intended, until now. Um, how do you or or let's say your 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 team internally, how do you determine what lightning strikes get prioritized and when? I think that's that's a big question that I have. And I think others listening, you know, because lightning can strike just about any time. Right. You, you could be in the car, in the bathroom, whatever, have a great idea. But how do you sort of score those ideas and how do they get prioritized, um, at least, you know, specifically for RTA, but then maybe some um, some general feedback on, on the idea itself? Yeah. That's a good question. And that's more where the question of how many leads is this going to generate? What revenues is this going to bring in? That's more. And, and how much does it cost? That's more where those questions come in. You asked uh, at the beginning, Mike, like, for example, a, a Super Bowl commercial is a lightning strike, right? And we could spend a quarter of a million dollars on a 30 second, you know, Super Bowl commercial. But is, is you know, is that is that the right thing for us? So it's it lightning strike, uh, you know, plan or or. Yeah, I guess plan is the best word although they are big, you know, high energy things, it doesn't mean that they're always the right thing for you. So writing a book might not be, you know, one of those things. So, you know, we looked at what the risk versus reward, the, the cost obviously as well, kind of a cost benefit analysis, some things like the book, like we don't intend on the book being, you know, at the top of any bestseller lists or at the terminal, you know, next to the, to the counter at the airport. We don't envision that, but, but it is going to lend a massive amount of credibility to us and to help us, uh, you know, establish that category in the minds of the people who, who are really our niche that want to see that. Uh, so, you know, cost benefit analysis, looking at the risk versus reward, the amount of lift that it's going to take in order to get that, looking at those things and the bandwidth that it's going to require. And we, we made a list of a lot of different options and most of them got taken off and that's okay. Or maybe we have a, a V2 of our lightning strike plan that we, uh, you know, that we tackle later, but we wanted to get the big things done um and not even big things by the way like like changing our logo after we did that well we we put up new decals you know all around the the company with our new you know our new category that we just created things like that little small quick but it's a lightning strike because it kind of gets us all moving in the right direction so little things like that can can be a part of that as well um but some some things there's metrics you can measure like a new ad campaign okay what are our costs going to be what do we hope we get in terms of landing page views or content downloads or things like that other things are more ethereal. They're more uh, immeasurable, you know, like how they feel mm -hmm, when they come into mm -hmm. work, you know, that kind of thing. But, but those are all things that we considered as we kind of, you know, looked at the list of lightning strike makes ideas sense, that we're going to do. Makes sense. So really kind of looking at both the bottom line impact that a lightning strike could potentially have, as well as sort of the emotion, the social, emotional and maybe even say spiritual impact that it can have with 
your your stakeholders. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And 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 a lightning exactly. and, and I think you brought some, yeah. up something that was really valuable is that a lightning strike could be something big like a Super Bowl ad um or it could be something small or something um you know relatively small and inexpensive but that could have a big impact. And I think that's a really valuable point because I think mm-hmm. for me at least I've never I've never um like we talked about earlier most marketers will never have the opportunity to be part of um, a category design uh, initiative simply because it's not yeah. it's not just a, an everyday undertaking it's it's a it's, it's a multi-year right. multi probably million dollar investment that an organization has to undertake so it's not every day that most marketers get this but my idea of a lightning strike at least prior to our conversation was that it had to be the big you know kahuna the, the 8,000 pound gorilla, as they say. But really what you're saying, James, is it could be something as as meaningful as a, a decal on a window that could just change people's perspectives. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, or, 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 or you know, posting on LinkedIn, like that's a very low lift that doesn't cost a lot. It's actually free, you know, to, to post on LinkedIn and get our employees jazzed about doing that. Low lift, high reward. Uh, that's part of our lightning strike plan. So looking at, looking at those things kind of helps make that decision wonderful, easier. But, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Mike, any other follow-ups or questions on your end? It's time for the lightning round. Lightning round. I love it. <laughs> um, all right. What, what's the main KPI you use to evaluate marketing success? Uh, very interesting question. It just changed, actually. So I don't know if you mean me personally or the company, but but I, I'd actually probably say Either the same. One. So right now it's... Um, and, and it's, I mean, long, long, long story short, it's opportunities. So de- like demos booked for sales. Um, part of that's because we just had kind of unification of sales and marketing, which is great under the one revenue generating kind of roof. But that's what we're, that's like our main, you know, thing that we're looking at right now is opportunities booked for sales, demos booked. So, so market, marketing yep. source pipeline. <laughs> okay. What's a new marketing strategy or tactic that you're excited to try out this year? Does the podcast count? I, I feel like it's new enough. Sure. <laughs> I've never yeah. I've never produced or created a podcast before, so we're only four episodes in, and it feels like I've you know just getting a fire hose in the face. So, but it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. So I, I'll say that. Are you, are you guys producing it yourselves internally, or yeah, are you myself, uh, partnering myself. and outsourcing? <laughs> Well, a- after the call, let's chat. We can we can share talk notes. podcasts all day long. So we're we're happy we're happy to share what we yeah. what we know. All right, what's a tool or platform you use at work that you couldn't live without? HubSpot, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, you can answer this in one of two ways. What is your favorite, or what is your least favorite business word or phrase? <laughs> I, I don't know how uh, PC to be here with with COVID stuff, but I got really tired of the word unprecedented, or or, or the phrase out of an abundance of caution. Uh, got got real tired of. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. Uh, I sometimes edit content from from our writers, and on the word unprecedented, unprecedented, or the phrase unprecedented times. I'm like, yeah. please. <laughs> Like it's just we can't we can't do that exactly anymore. any anything <laughs> that everyone else is saying i don't like i i don't you know i don't want to use that <laughs> out of an abundance of caution yeah. i don't think I, 
I've ha I haven't seen that phrase used more than in the past 12 months of my life, right? Yeah. I mean, when, how much caution is an abundance of caution and how much caution can you have? Like caution, like how much, oh my God, I totally get, I hear you. Um. And marketers, we, we love using that. I don't know what it is. It's because it sounds fancy and formal, I guess, but come on guys, we got to. We got to switch. We got to keep it simple and, and keep it right. Just keep it simple. Keep it stupid. That's what, that's, right. that's what my marketing professor <laughs> would say. All right. What are some of the podcasts that you listen to frequently? Uh, Patrick Lincioni's uh, at the table is a good one that, you know, that was uh, shared with me by Josh. I listened to Jocko Willings podcast. I listened to a little bit of Joe Rogan, you know, in there, King of podcasts there. Um, Dave Ramsey's podcast, geez, that's that's good for a drive home. I, you know, mine, my, my, you know, our podcast. <laughs> I'm wanting to, to hear myself and my voice. Yeah. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Um, what is a favorite business or marketing book of yours? Uh, good to Great uh, by Jim Collins. That's a great one. Extreme Ownership again by Jocko Willink. That's another one. Those come Wonderful. to mind. <laughs> Mike, do you have a bonus question? Let's okay, go ahead. Uh, so you guys are in the, or you personally are in the um, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Mesa area. Tons of hiking over there. We we love this. We love the area. What's your what's your famous what's your favorite hike? Yeah, I thought what you were going to ask me a Phoenix Suns question, and I didn't want to talk about it after the game last night. So I I'm glad. <laughs> uh, so my my favorite. It's actually a really small hike, but I like it because it's per. I have three little girls, and my oldest is five. So. I like this because they can do it. It's uh, Silly Mountain out towards, uh, have you heard of it? No. Yeah. We'd be surprised. Not. Okay. It's, so it's right off of the, I guess it's not the, anyway, if you go out towards Globe, you're not from Arizona, are you? Nope. We, okay. we, we're not, but we actually visit quite often. Okay. We have a client down there, so we go down there. Gotcha. Pre, Pre-pandemic once a year, so. And we love we love Arizona. It's, gotcha. it's on our list of potential places to live. Gotcha. Yeah, so just East Valley, real small mountain. Yeah, it's maybe a 20-minute hike, but can do it with my girls, and, and uh, yeah, so that's our favorite. That's wonderful. Good question. Well, since you're a girl dad and Mike is also a girl dad, what is the most underrated thing about being a girl dad? Uh, my hair braiding skills. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to compete, honestly. If you know of a competition for dads that can braid hair, I think I can smoke everyone. So, uh, <laughs> wow. we, we might have to set that I'm up. I'm sure it exists. No, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. You want, a, you want a French braid? You want a, a fish, uh, what's it called? Fishtail braid? I mean, uh, I don't know the names, but Damn. I, I you definitely do beat me. I don't. I don't even know the names other than French bread. <laughs> I've heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, who is a B two B marketing expert that you admire on LinkedIn? I mean, Dave Gerhardt. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He's he's kind of the he's more copywriting, but I'm going to say him. He his stuff is, or how about this, Justin Welsh? Okay. Well, I think Dave I like Dave Gerhardt, so I'm with you there. Yeah. I mean, both yeah. of them. Both of them are awesome, but. Um, look, look, you know, can trust anything those guys say and look up to them Wonderful. a lot. Shay Robottom. Geez, I got a lot that come to mind now. <laughs> Shay Robottom, Robottom on LinkedIn. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah. and you mentioned Casey Graham earlier, so we can throw, Casey we'll Graham, throw his yeah. name back in there. James, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today on Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point. We talked a lot about some of the proof in the making. We also talked about how others can... Uh, think about implementing 
you know, getting to the point and thinking about implementing a category design undertaking in their business. So thank you so much for sharing your uh, your your insights with us. And we look forward to having you on again, where we can really dive into some of those proof points. Um, what's the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you? Definitely LinkedIn. Uh, in fact, I think that's the only platform I'm on these days. So LinkedIn, hit me up. Awesome. And we will mention that hashtag again, hashtag taking Ricks. Because oh, yeah. I just love yeah. it. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad it's, I mean, I'm glad you like it because I, I thought about changing it a, a bunch of times. In fact, I still might. We'll see. But for now, that's what it is. <laughs> well, I say wait until this episode come out and then see that's how, true. you know, see what happens. You, you might... You might get some followers. I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm just saying. Um, well, James, thank you so much. We look forward to keeping up with you on LinkedIn and hopefully having you back soon to share awesome. more about fleet success in category design. Yeah, appreciate it, Mike and Gabby. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Show Me the Proof Get to the Point podcast. Join us weekly for new episodes and seriously smart B2B marketing success stories. We'll show you the proof and get to the point every time. Find additional resources on the ProofPoint website, www.proofpoint.marketing, including the full episode library with show notes, guides, templates, and more great resources. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.